you're taking action to make sure that your external world is safe, but you've also proven to yourself over and over and over again that your internal world is safe. That's when you fully believe it. You can say affirmations all day long, but if nothing you're doing is backing that up, what are you really doing? At some point, affirmations or working on your mindset helps you take the kind of action that you need to take so that your life reflects the life that you want to live. And that's how you suddenly wake up one day and you're in your dream life because everyone around you is supportive. You're not afraid to take risks because you're willing to put yourself out there. You know that fear isn't enough to stop you. When you can look fear in the face and say, I'm doing it anyway, that's what courage is. When you're living a courageous life, you are being vulnerable. You're doing the thing. You're living real life. You're not just sitting behind a fake sense of self and doing the things that are comfortable and letting the days pass you by. You're taking your life by the reins. Welcome to Is It Worth It? The Self-Worth Podcast. My name is Roshni. I'm the founder of Self-Worth Coaching and the CEO of Betty Grew Up, a content creation and coaching platform. This podcast and my work are dedicated to helping you become your most empowered self and to remind you to detach your self-worth from your external life experience. This is powerful work and I am so grateful that you are joining me for another episode. To learn more, make sure that you head to the show notes below. And without further ado, let's hop into this incredible episode. Welcome back to a new episode. Today, I really wanted to talk about communication, self-worth, and relationships. And this is so, so important because it affects Black sheep and it affects South Asian women and children overall because there is such an overlap here between these populations and what we've experienced and the way that that affects how we are able to communicate. And so, of course, everyone has such different experiences, but for a lot of black sheep, I mean, you are a black sheep for a reason, right? You don't feel loved unconditionally. You don't feel accepted. And a lot of the times that you've likely spoken up hasn't been met well. And it's similar for South Asian folks and South Asian children. First of all, for a lot of us who have the immigrant experience or whose parents immigrated or we immigrated along with our parents, there can be already such a big difference between how Western families interact with their children and how we interact with them. And that can cause a lot of culture shock and cultural dissonance to begin with. But even further from that, it's strong in a lot of South Asian cultures where children aren't always able to speak their mind, right? They're able to, they're supposed to be seen but not heard. And especially when it comes to going against the grain or making decisions that don't look good from the outside or will quote-unquote bring shame onto the family, there's a lot of hesitation there for parents to allow children to be who they are and be who they want to be and speak up for themselves. And of course, this isn't every South Asian family. There's a lot of South Asian families who I know who are very open and are very communicative, but there is always that level there. Sorry, my dog is next to me and he is adjusting and making all kinds of noises, but, um, 
there is a level of having to respect our elders, right, in South Asian culture. And that's something that I still believe in to this day. I do believe that elders should be respected, but I also believe that children should be respected. I believe that everyone deserves respect, right? And so I think there can sometimes be a layer where our elders were taught that they weren't allowed to make noise and they had to just go along with what their elders wanted and that gets passed down. And so when it's finally their turn to be respected, they feel like they can't offer us the same opportunity because their culture didn't allow that right when they were our age and it becomes seen as this kind of counterculture concept for a lot of us we're not trying to be disrespectful we just want to be ourselves and we just want to speak up and for a lot of us who are immigrants who live in western places that concept is highly emphasized through media and through the relationships that we see and through our Western friends and how they interact with their families, right? So it can leave us feeling really confused and not sure of our place. And this severely impacts our ability to communicate. So one of the similarities between South Asian folks and Black sheep is that our ability to communicate hasn't always been validated and hasn't always been met with love and reciprocal communication. A lot of the times we might bring something up and it's seen as disrespectful and combative and rude and so then we get yelled at, right? We get criticized for it. We get put down. We get put in our place. We get told to stay silent. And so a lot of those factors become incredibly debilitating when it comes to our level of being able to trust other people to handle what we need from them. And instead of putting ourselves out there time and time again just to be rejected or just to be told to shut up, a part of ourselves learns in order to be protected, in order to save ourselves from shame, it's best not to speak up. But of course, when it comes to real relationships and finding a partner that you love later on, or even in friendships, you know, there can still be disagreements and arguments in friendships. We're not always going to agree on everything, but that doesn't mean we don't have mutual respect and love for one another. And communication is so vital for all of our healthy relationships, right? Even at work, even like I said, with friends and with our loved ones or with anyone who's important to us in life, communication is an important aspect of that relationship. It's even so important with our pets to be able to communicate. I literally just paused this podcast to talk to my dog and tell him what I needed. And he understands, right? Like, even learning how animals communicate was so important in my process of training my reactive rescue dog and we've made so much progress because we've created this ability to communicate with one another and understanding his body language helps me know what he needs and he knows how to tell me things that he needs and that's allowed our friendship and our relationship to flourish, right? And so it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you are in, what kind of people or animals are around you, communication is vital to survival. And in my past relationships and friendships where communication was not solid, 
they all have essentially ended because of that issue, right? And even if it didn't seem like a direct result of communication, those relationships and those friendships probably could have been saved if I was more comfortable with communication at the time. Partially, this episode is about how important communication is just in hopes for you to be able to feel strong enough and vulnerable enough and like communication really is worth it enough to make the changes that you have to make. But the final part of this episode and the majority of this episode is actually dedicated to three steps that you can take to start improving your communication and to feel more comfortable being vulnerable and what all of that entails. But I did want to take a minute and note that there's a lot of guilt and shame that can come up as a result of this. You can feel ashamed for everything that you went through in your past or all the things that others have done to you. You can shame yourself for needing to heal or needing to take all of these extra steps to be able to communicate in a healthy way. So there is a lot of frustration and guilt and self-blame that comes up from this process. But I want to make a point that that shame and that self-blame and that self-judgment is not going to help you be better. And I know it comes up naturally, but the more that you're able to correct those thoughts and be gentle with yourself and be your own best friend through this process, the smoother it will be. Because it's likely that you will take a few steps forward and a few steps back. A lot of the time we build up the courage to set boundaries and even have those initial communications, but then we feel afraid to enforce them down the line. Maybe we fall back into our patterns of being a pushover or being a people pleaser and letting certain things slide that we wish we said something about. And that can be when you start to blame yourself or feel incredibly guilty or tell yourself that you're stupid or that you shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that or you should know better or you shouldn't have to deal with this in the first place. And we can often compare ourselves as well to people who find it easy to be vulnerable or find it easy to communicate. But what you have to remember is that many people were raised in this feeling of ultimate safety and a feeling where others validated and encouraged their emotional expression. But you are doing that for yourself now. This is proof that you are a cycle breaker. This is proof that you are healing generational trauma. And when you look at the impact that you are having on your family lineage and you focus on that more than just the day-to-day -day annoyances or difficulties of healing, that's what allows you to put it back into perspective and remind yourself how strong you are. You are not weak for going through this process. If you were weak, you wouldn't even be trying to heal because it would be easier to just deal with what life had given you without trying to make anything better. Your desire to heal and your commitment to the healing process in however many forms that may take place shows your strength, not your weakness, because so many people aren't strong enough to do this work. Many people even start this work and then use it to avoid accountability or use it to bypass things that would actually make them a better person. And instead of that, they feel like they need to hide from it or they feel like they are too ashamed to even start the work. And that's 
not who you are. You're already here. You're already committed to this process. You're already learning. So remember through this work from time to time, and even when that guilt or shame might creep up as you're listening to this podcast, that you are strong, that you are actively choosing better for your life. You are choosing better for your family, for your lineage, for the people who are around you already, for the relationships in your chosen family, with your loving partner, right? There's a reason why you are doing this work and it's so easy to get swept up and to forget what those reasons are. It happens to everyone on their healing journey. So I did just want to make that point here that you are doing the work and even if you make mistakes, even if you have setbacks, even if you fall back into old patterns from time to time, that doesn't mean that you're not healing and that doesn't mean that you aren't there for yourself. So when your brain is telling you that you are weak or that you're struggling or that you're not good enough, remind yourself you have the strength and the emotional bandwidth to grow and to progress and to make the world a better place. So be gentle with yourself, be kind to yourself in the process, and be totally accepting towards any mistakes that you make because you are still growing. This isn't going to happen overnight and that's okay if it doesn't right? You're still on this journey. And the thing about communication that so many of us fear the most is the fact that we have to be so vulnerable in order to communicate. And we have to put ourselves out there when our last memories of doing so literally traumatized us. So of course we want to avoid it. Of course we want to feel like we shouldn't do it or we can't do it or like it's too scary or like we are going to get absolutely wrecked and be covered in guilt and shame and have no way out. And that's the thing for a lot of us when it comes to our families or our parents being our biggest triggers, we literally can't escape. When you are a child, you feel so trapped and you feel so isolated. And just like my previous episode on the Black Sheep experience, a lot of you who do have siblings, I'm an only child, but for a lot of you who have siblings, there still is normally one Black Sheep and there can be the golden child sibling or there can be the other siblings who are more accepted or who have this kind of different family dynamic with your parents and you're the one who wants to be honest and you want to be authentic and you don't want to just roll over and take what your family has to give you. But that means putting yourself out there and putting yourself at risk to be completely isolated, right? By the way, if you hear a sound in the background, it's my dog snoring. I've tried to get him to go somewhere else, but he wants to be by me, which is sweet. But hopefully it's not too distracting. I'm hoping I can edit this sound out. But back to my point, when you are the one who's isolated the most amongst everyone else and you can't escape, you have to live there until you turn 18 or until you're financially stable or, you know, whatever kind of dynamic that you have going on, that feeling of being trapped and not being able to communicate is something that is so deeply written into our bones and written into our DNA because it was our recipe for survival, right? And a lot of people refuse to keep their mouth shut but still suffered consequences because of it. And for for some of you, you may have been used to just not speaking your mind, but then that starts to affect you later on in your career, later on in your relationships, because you 
don't have the courage to put yourself out there because all of the experiences that you've had doing that have resulted in something that traumatized you. But it also kind of is like this catch-22 situation because you can't make forward progress without mustering up the courage to be vulnerable and to speak up because you can never rewrite the experience without having that experience again, right? So you can never have positive experiences around communication if you don't communicate first. And so many of us stop ourselves from even being able to do that, that we keep reliving these experiences of every time I communicate, it goes badly, right? And there can even be a slippery slope with you also attract friends who are similar to your family environment or similar to the dynamic that you grew up with because that's familiar to you. That's what you assume friendships and relationships are like because that's what you grew up knowing. Even when it comes to partners, a lot of us can pick, you know, narcissistic partners or toxic partners or even bordering on abusive partners um, because, that is what you're used to. That's how you're used to being treated. So sometimes some of you may have even had the courage to communicate outside of your family dynamic, but it's still shot down, right? So again, you're still having negative experiences with communication. But what it takes to rewrite those experiences is still mustering up the courage to communicate again. And again, this is not with... When it comes to truly abusive relationships, toxic relationships, relationships with a narcissist or relationships that are mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, sexually abusive, this is not the area to, to practice that in, right? And, and I don't mean to say that to isolate anyone, but I just want to make a point to say that it is valid that that's a different situation, right? That is something that it's going to take more than communication to fix. And I wish you safety and I wish you courage in being able to safely exit that toxic situation, right? And that is so different. And I'm not even going to give blanket advice on that because everyone's situation is so different. And I don't want my podcast to be harmful. So that's something that I'm kind of putting aside because giving blanket advice on that kind of situation can truly be dangerous and I don't want to do that. But when it comes to having a relationship or a friendship where there's not any of that toxic disrespect going on, there's not abuse happening, but you still feel like you can't communicate, I really want to dive into that because that's where a lot of us can finally rewrite experiences and be pleasantly surprised with people wanting to have our back or wanting to work with us or people wanting to make us feel safe and make us feel comfortable and respected. And I've had so many experiences around communication lately, and that's actually what inspired me to create this podcast because I've been speaking up about things and times that I felt disrespected at work and something's actually being done about it, which I've never experienced before. I've been speaking up in friendships and I have the best friends who are so respectful and so kind and 
truly want to make me feel loved and heard. And that the way that other people can boost your self-worth is so beautiful when you allow them to do that in a positive way. And again, self-worth is truly about how you feel about yourself. But if I was to sit here and say that other people don't impact your self-worth, that would be a blatant lie, right? All of us have had negative experiences in relationships or with family that prove to us that that does literally impact your self-worth and your self-esteem and your identity, right? So while you shouldn't be putting your self-worth at the hands of others, having positive experiences with other people who value you and respect you and make you feel safe and feel seen, that does have a positive impact on who you are. And that's why communication and relationships are so important because they do create this feedback loop that comes back and reminds you of your worth and we've all had bad days but when you can talk to your friends about it or talk to your partner about it and they can remind you who the fuck you are and that you are so strong and that you are so capable and that you know that you have a support system that's what makes the hard days possible that's what makes life better and easier and feel that's what makes you feel less isolated you know and so being able to create that kind of mutual respect and communication in relationships will impact your self-worth. So when it comes to creating the courage to be vulnerable in a relationship and to externalize and verbalize what it is that's making you feel disrespected or that's making things difficult for you, there's a couple of things that can help with that courage and I also have an episode, a podcast episode on self-worth and vulnerability and I highly recommend listening to that as well if you feel like that's something that you need to work on. But the most important thing when it comes to having courage is being that safe place for yourself. So you might need to kind of communicate with yourself and talk things out with yourself first. And I don't mean this in a way of like you solving all your problems or you coming up with a solution. I just mean, if say you had a bad experience at work and your boss truly invalidated you and made you feel terrible and maybe even did it in front of other people right? And you're scared to bring it up to your boss because you don't know if anything's going to be done about it and X, Y, Z. If you are able to within yourself come to terms with, no, my feelings are valid. That wasn't cool. And I do deserve to speak up. If you're able to have that conversation with yourself and then get to the place of, I'm going to bring it up, but I'm not going to make myself feel stupid. If this communication doesn't go my way, I'm not going to shame myself. I'm not going to belittle myself. I'm not going to tell myself I never should have spoken up and I should just keep my mouth shut. If I can come to an agreement within myself that no matter what happens through this communication, I still have my own back. That's something that's priceless, right? Because you can't control everyone else. You can't 
truly control how other people are going to react or what they're going to say or what's going to be done. So much of that is outside of our control. But what is in your control is how you treat yourself, how you speak to yourself. And sometimes what we fear the most is our own negativity. Again, we can be our worst critics and we almost always are our worst critics. And even though that critic is an internalized voice of your biggest childhood bullies, we can harp on that even more, right? We can take it to an even deeper level. And so by first fostering that safe place within yourself, that's the first way that you can create a feeling of safety amongst the courage that you are going to have in order to be vulnerable with another person. You have to be okay with being vulnerable with yourself first. And the only way that you can be okay doing that is by knowing that you're not going to shame yourself and yell at yourself and make yourself feel like shit for the next three months because you spoke up. And the more that you can foster that safe place as yourself, the more that you can catch those negative thoughts when they come up and say, you know what, that's not helping me. I refuse to be my own biggest bully and in a world where not many people are advocating for me, I choose to advocate for myself. Even creating an affirmation around that, you know, I advocate for myself. I am my home. I am my biggest safe place. I accept myself no matter what happens in my life. I will always allow myself to come home to myself. I choose to be gentle with myself. These are such beautiful affirmations that can really rewrite that story of who you are in your own life. And once you've been more comfortable creating the safe place for yourself, that's when you can start to open that up and say, okay, how can I communicate how I'm feeling to those around me. And I know that if it doesn't go my way, or if it doesn't go in the best possible scenario, I still have my back. So what do you do at that point? The next step that you can take is to process a lot of the heavy emotions that you have been feeling. So a lot of the times communication doesn't go our way because we haven't processed the emotions. And this is something that used to happen with me a lot is the way that it impacted me as I would completely shut down. So I wouldn't know how to describe what I was feeling because I didn't know what I was feeling. And because of that, I would keep my mouth shut because I knew that I couldn't articulate it in a way that anyone would be able to understand and I would just look crazy. And I was afraid of looking crazy. And again, like, I don't like using the word crazy like that, but that was just like my most inner thought about myself and that's what I would realistically say to myself in the past is no one's going to understand you you're not making sense and I don't you don't even know how you feel so how can you talk about your feelings right so in this case and obviously getting familiar with your emotions and how your triggers affect you and what it brings up like that takes a lot of work but I know most of the people listening to this have been putting in years of work into their personal growth into understanding who they are into understanding their triggers so for a lot of you you are not really new to this and I'm sure most of you have a lot of experience kind of understanding a lot of those things about yourself and so the more that you're able to 
do that, the more familiar you can get. But this is a point where I want to remind everyone that it doesn't matter how quote unquote ugly your emotions feel or how negative or difficult or painful they feel they are all valid and they all deserve to be expressed in some way and so you know especially with mercury in retrograde and with this lunar eclipse like a lot of us have been going through a lot of turmoil a lot of pain a lot of heartbreak a lot of anger and I know for myself anger and sadness have been things that have been coming up for me a lot Sometimes you just need a good cleansing cry to get that out, but also like you don't have to palette down your anger for anyone or for yourself in in that you deserve to have a safe place where your anger can be expressed. And your safe place to express your anger isn't another human being. Like that, imagine if someone did that to you and they just used you as an emotional storage for their anger like that's not okay but what you can do is put all of your energy and push and push into a wall you can put a towel into your mouth and scream you can punch a pillow you can take a broomstick and beat your bed like I do or beat your furniture you can take your fists and and punch the couch right or um you know, you can go to a rage room if you want to be able to rent a space to do that, or if you have an outdoor space where you're not going to be affecting other people in a negative way, you can sometimes take, you know, um, plates or glasses or even kind of like things that you bought for a dollar at the thrift store that will break and just put it in a plastic bag and absolutely shatter it, right? There's so many healthy ways of taking out your anger. And again, that's why I say like, like don't do that in front of your kids if they aren't old enough to process and understand what's going on but if you can create a safe place where you just close your bedroom door for five minutes and you just allow yourself to push all of your anger into the wall because that wall won't move that's something where it's not going to be loud or triggering for everyone around you or scary but you're getting that out right um maybe you have a moment where no one else is at home and so you're able to scream into a towel or scream into a pillow or maybe you have the space where you can go outside and just scream into the forest or over the ocean and over the loud waves and that can kind of like drown out the sound that's not so it's not impacting anyone else but there's so many ways of getting rid of your anger or or processing your anger and that's something that really frustrates me about society these days is any sign of anger is seen as wrong right it's like oh why are you like screaming into a pillow that's stupid or that's wrong or you shouldn't be that angry. Something's wrong with you if you have that much anger. You need to calm down. You need to mellow out. You need to chill. You need to blah, blah, blah. And that irks my soul to no end because we all have anger. There's not a single person in the world that I know that's never been angry before or nothing makes them angry. And if they say that nothing makes them angry, I bet you 10 out of 10 they are the most passive aggressive person on the planet like we all have anger we all have things that trigger anger because we are humans and humans experience emotions so the fact that people demonize certain emotions is what's so frustrating and as long as that anger is being processed in a healthy way and you're not using another human being as your emotional dumping ground that's a healthy way to process anger the more that you are able to 
express whatever feelings are coming up for you before you communicate, the better you can communicate. Because if you're coming at someone so emotionally charged and so angry, that person is probably going to be a little bit less likely to help you. And obviously, if you're having a panic attack or a full mental breakdown and you can no longer control what's going on, I hope that someone is there for you and is able to show you love and compassion in that moment so that you can process that and move on, right? That is something that I hope you're able to do. But in the case where you're not at that point of having a full breakdown and you have even a little bit of room to be able to express whatever's coming up for you in different ways and then have that point of communication, that's what's the healthiest. Because the more that you can make someone else understand you and understand where you're coming from, and the better that you can explain that and communicate that, the more that that person is going to want to be there for you and help you out, right? So if in that same example that I mentioned earlier of a boss invalidating you, if you were to like throw your pen down or your laptop down or whatever you have and storm up to their desk and say f you this and f you that and f this place that's not gonna be the most beneficial way of getting what you want and what you want is to not be invalidated in the workplace so if you are able to maybe email them and say, hey, can we schedule a meeting for tomorrow? And you go home that night and you process your anger and you push the wall or you punch a pillow or you write everything that you want to say in a scathing letter and you yell it out and then you burn it. And then you come back the next day with a little bit more composure and you say, hey, this made me feel this way. This is how I feel. This is what I would like to change what what can we do here what compromise can we come to what can what can you do for me right and and obviously a workplace can have its own things to navigate but the same thing can be said in a relationship right if you're coming at your partner hot and heavy and they have no idea that you're even upset in the first place and you just come in there screaming and yelling that's not going to get them to want to be on your side that's going to immediately put them in a mode where they feel like they have to defend themselves and then it becomes you versus them instead of both of you versus the problem and that's what communication is about is it's supposed to open up a layer of empathy for the other person to empathize with you and to be on your side so that you can come to a solution or a compromise or whatever so that you don't keep having these feelings that trigger your anger and your rage. It's important that you are able to understand what you're feeling. It's important that you're able to have courage and be vulnerable. It's important that you're able to process your emotions and understand where you're coming from. And there's also, again, this aspect of we don't need to always intellectualize our feelings. And that's where sometimes letting that blind rage go is important when we do it in a safe way, because then maybe we can journal or we can say, you know what, this does make me mad. You know what, that way that they behave towards me wasn't okay. So you're able to express the feeling, you're able to move the emotion through your body on a physical and cellular level, but then maybe you do a little bit of journaling to find out, okay, what's the best way for me to communicate this? That could even be the journal prompt that you use, you know, whether you record your answer to that in a voice note or whether you write it down, asking yourself, okay, if I was them what would make the strongest case? How can I communicate this? And you don't have to look at everything like it's a case or like you're a lawyer and you're having to defend yourself. But for 
where a lot of us are starting with our point of communication not being strong at all, it can be really helpful to ask yourself these kind of basic questions so that you build up this muscle of communication. And this is coming from true experience because my ability to communicate, like I said, has been getting stronger and stronger, especially over the last couple of years. And this is the best communication I've ever had with my partner. This is the best communication I've and the most I've ever advocated for myself in the workplace. Normally, I would just roll over and take things and people please and be okay with it and then be passive aggressive and then, you know, have physical issues or get sick or get stressed more and more often because I wasn't expressing things. I was just expecting myself to deal with it and that put me under a great amount of stress. It led to burnout, right? But I'm seeing myself actually fix these things over the last couple of years and that has opened up my life and my experiences and my possibilities so much more and it's increased my confidence tenfold and that's why we're all here, right? That's why you're listening to this. That's why I'm creating this because I want you to feel confident. I want you to have high self-worth. I want you to know that you are your own biggest advocate and for you to truly and fully believe that because we are who we have at the end of the day and you have your support system, but at the end of your life, it's you. We don't know what's going to happen to everyone else around us, but you know that you are the person you're born with and you're the person you're going to transition out of this life with being your best advocate, being there for yourself as much as you can is vital in this lifetime to make life as easy and as enjoyable as possible. At this point, you have been able to build up that courage and that vulnerability by creating a safe place within yourself. You've agreed not to shame yourself and belittle yourself and talk down to yourself if this communication doesn't go your way. You've processed the feelings and the emotional intensity that you've been going through and now you've also found some way to communicate what you're feeling or found out what you're feeling so that you can break it down for another person and get them to empathize with you and see your side and be willing to come to a compromise or to to do something to make what they did to you right, right? However, I also want to stop myself there. Communication is just as important when you've fucked up, when you've made the mistake. And think about how different your life would be if every person who'd ever wronged you actually admitted to it. I mean, for a lot of us, our mothers and our parents never apologized to us. Um, so many times when we were getting screamed at or yelled at or hit um, and physically punished, we didn't grow up with, oh, I'm so sorry. And And sometimes they would say sorry, but then they would do it all over again. And for some of us, they never said sorry. They gaslight us later on when we bring up what happened 20 years ago and they say, that never happened. You're crazy. You're being overly insensitive. What are you talking about? I would never do that, right? There's so much backtracking. There's so much gaslighting that imagine if people actually fucked you over and if they admitted to it and genuinely apologized and genuinely changed their behavior, would that not save or repair your relationship with them? 
it would, right? And so it's just as important for you to be that person. You can't fuck people over and then look at yourself like the victim. And that's a point of accountability that everyone needs to take because if everyone did, the world would be a much better place. You wouldn't be hurting someone else and then they wouldn't turn around and hurt another person and create this ripple effect of pain. If everyone was able to be accountable and communicate that they messed up and didn't let their pride get in the way, we wouldn't have half the issues that we have these days in the world. So communicating isn't just for when you're the victim. It's also for when you've made someone else a victim, when you've wronged someone else. And to be able to, again, be that safe place for yourself and say, you know what, I was wrong. However, that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me someone who has no hope or has no future or has no good sides to them. But what I do need to do is I need to apologize, I need to hold myself accountable, and I need to make sure that I don't continuously hurt people in this way. And when you look at it like that, when you give yourself a second chance, when you forgive yourself, it opens up so many possibilities for you to be able to change, for you to be able to recreate your identity, and not in a toxic way, but in a way that says, okay, I'm no longer the person who shuts down and gives people the silent treatment. I'm no longer the person who screams and yells and makes my problem everyone else's problem. And my final point is along the same lines. Part of what closes the loop of this fear around vulnerability, and I just looked at the clock and it's 222, so someone else has been seeing that number around a lot, maybe this is a message for you. But um, really, for everyone, when you are able to communicate and you trust that you communicated in a healthy way, you actually explained what you're going through, what you're feeling, and what you need from that other person, and they are still continuously disrespecting you, making you feel like you are crazy for wanting respect or wanting to be treated highly, um, that's when you get information about who that person is and what they need. Because if you are able to open up about your own mistakes, if you're able to say, hey, I messed up and I, I would understand how you feel if someone did that to me, I want to tell you that I'm sorry and that I'm working on it and I don't want to do this again. And if there's something that you can do to to remind me or if there's something that, that you can do to let me know when I've done something like this to you or, or made you feel a certain way, then please let me know because I don't want to do that. And I truly am trying. Um, if you're able to say that to someone and that same person can't do the same thing back with you, then that's a point where you can start rethinking what does this friendship mean to me? What does this relationship mean to me? What can I do so that my life is filled with safety and support and not a constant battle with someone over and over and over again? And I know for a lot of us with parents or with our moms, you may have tried to communicate, hey, you know what? I know it's been 10 years, but 
when I was treated this way as a teenager, it affected me in this way. And that's what makes it hard for me to trust you and open up to you now. And if they are completely unreceptive and continuously gaslighting you, continuously making you feel like they never did that, like you're crazy, like something's wrong with you for feeling this way, something's not wrong with you. And that's where you have to return back to being your own safe place, but also creating external safety in your world through boundaries. Boundaries are so important. And as a South Asian person, I used to feel like boundaries were not something that I could do. They didn't have a role in my culture. They didn't have a place in my world. But I had to put my foot down eventually after being disrespected and belittled and put down over and over and over and over and over again for 25 years, 26 years. That's when I realized I can't do this anymore. I am crippled. I am emotionally crippled because I feel like a dead baby bird on the ground with no mother. That's how I feel. I feel vulnerable. I feel broken. I feel not enough. I feel like I can't trust anyone. And when I was able to say, I have done everything that I can do within my power to repair this and nothing's changing, so I have to change something else. I can't just look at this like it's just my problem and like no one else is contributing to it. And when I finally made the decision to go low contact, it was painful and it was difficult for like five months. I kept second guessing myself. I was filled with doubt. I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing. I was racked with guilt. I was filled with shame. I felt like I was stupid, like I was crazy. I felt isolated. I would look around at all these people and their healthy relationships with their parents and honestly just cry. I was like, I don't know what that feels like and I wish I did. And it's one of the most painful things to this day. But looking back at this at almost a full year later, I have never been more confident. I have never been better at communication. I have never trusted myself more because those wounds and those triggers aren't constantly being re-triggered they're not constantly being picked and because i've had time to heal without constant re-triggering that's allowed me to actually build up this strength that allows me to communicate in other relationships and i've said this before i've said this in my black sheep episode as well but if i'm not going to break down for my own family if i'm not going to rewrite what I know is right for myself for them then who are you to demand that I would do it for you you are nothing to me if I've been able to stand up to my family and you're treating me in a in a way that is disrespectful and disgusting and rude and traumatizing I can drop you like that and and I don't mean it's not like something I hold over people's heads I've probably never said that to any of the people who are in my life now because I trust them so much and I know that that's not something that they would do to me. But it's an internal strength and an internal feeling that I have that I'm not going to tolerate disrespect from anyone. And that doesn't mean that I'm never wrong. I'm wrong a lot and I admit to it. But I have the strength to admit to it now because of all these steps I've made to make my external world safe. 
So following up on communication is action. And if the person shows you time and time again that they do not care about you, that they do not care about your well-being, it's time to make a move. And the first move doesn't have to be cutting them out of your life. The first move is just setting a boundary. Hey, when we bring up this topic, it's extremely difficult for me. So I'd prefer for a little while if we just didn't talk about my relationship. I'd prefer for a little while if we didn't talk about my weight. I'd prefer for a little while if we didn't talk about my career. And just see how that goes. You don't have to change everything in your life overnight. And like I said, it took me 26 years of pain to come to this decision about going no contact with my family. And and I don't know if it's going to be that way my entire life. I just know that I needed to do it in the time that I needed to do it. And when you are able to build little tiny boundaries, like I don't want to talk about my weight with you for the next couple of months, and then maybe later we'll see how I feel. You know, I'll let you know if that changes for me. And if they still walk over that line time and time again, that gives you more information on this person just doesn't respect me. If they make a few mistakes, but they're able to correct themselves, or if they're at least trying and you know that their intentions are coming from the right place, but they just slipped up, that gives you that control and that power to say, you know what, I do trust them. They have proven themselves to me and everyone makes mistakes, but I'm willing to work with them. If they are totally honoring your boundary and if they are being completely respectful of you that's going to build and solidify that relationship so much because you can trust them and you can trust yourself to do what's right for you so they are helping you see yourself as valid they're helping you see yourself as trustworthy and they're helping you see their relationship as trustworthy as well right so building small boundaries and watching how the other person reacts to them and then deciding what action you want to take is another way that you can use communication and boundaries to build up your self-trust and to build up that external safety in your real world that then builds up that confidence because when you have a strong support system even if it's one person even if it's two people you don't have to have 25 people backing you up but if you have those people who you know are your ride or dies, they have you and you have them, that gives you such a sense of confidence. It allows you to take more risks. It, it allows you to put yourself out there. It allows you to try new things because you have a sense of safety. When you don't have that sense of safety, you cling to what is familiar more and more because you don't know what feeling safe feels like. And so you want things to change the least, but the only constant in life is change. And that's when there can be really big periods of going through emotional crises or going through patterns of self-sabotage and other things like that, because you don't know how to handle all these things that feel out of your control, right? So it is about practice. It is about building the muscle, but communication, setting boundaries, understanding your own emotions and your own triggers, creating that safety for yourself, all of that together 
is the deepest kind of self-love and reparenting and remothering that you can ever show yourself. Love is an action. You can sit there and say the affirmation, I love you or I love myself over and over again, but until you show yourself that through action, it's hard to believe, just like it is with any other relationship in your life. If someone says, I love you, if your parents tell you that they love you over and over again, but they are actively disrespecting you every time you speak, or every time you see them, you're not really going to believe that, or you're going to get the wrong idea of what love is. It's the same thing with yourself. The foundation of every relationship is trust, and you have to be able to trust yourself to take action. You have to be able to show yourself self-love through action. Love is an action. Love is a verb right? So by being able to be there for yourself, by seeing yourself and knowing internally how afraid you were and then seeing yourself do it, that's what self-trust is. That's how you can trust yourself. That's how you can repair your relationship with yourself. That's how you can make sure that no matter what's going on in your external world, you are good and you are okay. And that's kind of that final piece of the puzzle where you have fulfilled that circle of safety within yourself because you're taking action to make sure that your external world is safe, but you've also proven to yourself over and over and over again that your internal world is safe. And when you see that over and over, that's when you fully believe it, right? Because again, you can say affirmations all day long, but if nothing you're doing is backing that up, what are you really doing, right? At some point, affirmations or working on your mindset helps you take the kind of action that you need to take so that your life reflects the life that you want to live. That's how change is made. That's how things evolve and grow. And that's how you suddenly wake up one day and you're in your dream life because everyone around you is supportive, because you're not afraid to take risks, because you're willing to put yourself out there, because you know that fear isn't enough to stop you. And when you can look fear in the face and say, I'm doing it anyway, that's what courage is. When you're living a courageous life, you are being vulnerable. You're doing the thing. You're living real life. You're not just sitting behind a fake sense of self and doing the things that are comfortable and letting the days pass you by. You're taking your life by the reins and allowing it to be what it needs to be, allowing it to be what you want to be. You're creating art and that art is your life. But when you hide from all of those things, the days bleed into each other. The relationships bleed into one another you stop trusting yourself you stop having your own back you don't want to do new things because you know that you've succumbed to fear over and over again and that doesn't make you feel confident in yourself and when you're not confident you're not going to put yourself out there when you don't put yourself out there you just live a monotonous life that you know you're better than but that you're too afraid to do anything about. And that's where a lot of people lose themselves. And instead of waking up one day and being in your dream life, you wake up one day and you're kind of in your own personal hell. If you struggle with communicating, I 
send my deepest empathy to you because I know how it feels. I know that you feel like you're a burden. I know that it feels embarrassing. I know that it feels scary and vulnerable. But until you give someone a chance to rewrite the wrongs that were done to you in your past, you're never going to have another experience that makes you realize that communication is positive. So I encourage you to take baby steps. It's okay if it takes time. It's something that you're working on. But if you can at least say to yourself, I'm going to change my relationship with communication. I'm going to change my relationship with myself by allowing myself a true sense of safety. Those are the kinds of steps that you can take that truly rewrite the experiences that you're having. And that allow you to have some sort of control, right? The people who want to control others are the people who feel the most powerless themselves. So how can you focus on making yourself more empowered? And everything I've outlined in this podcast will help you feel more empowered, right? So truly my deepest sense of empathy and strength is with you in this process of building up your communication and feeling stronger because you wouldn't feel terrible about it if someone didn't give you a reason to feel terrible. But just because something happened in your past doesn't mean you can allow it to dictate your future and your entire life. You still have some control. You're here. You're listening to this. You're alive. So that means that you still have time for things to change and that you can start that change today. So if that is something that you feel like you want to work on, if you feel like you're afraid to do a lot of this work on your own and you want a stronger sense of safety and support as you start doing this work, I really recommend booking a self-worth coaching session. Right now I have single sessions as well as my three-month coaching program and both of these will help you Work on communication, work on self-trust, work on self-love, work on self-worth, create those feelings of safety in your external relationships, right? And by doing that in a safe place where I am supporting you, where I am seeing you, where I am giving you space and room to express your fullest self, that's something that is my life's greatest passion and is something that I know truly helps people because I'm giving a lot of you the first place where you can be truly vulnerable and be seen for that and not be judged and not be shamed. And that's my life calling. Like that's what I'm here to do is to not judge you, but to still hold space for you, to see you and to not criticize you. That's something that so many of us as South Asian folks and as black sheep haven't had the chance of doing. So if you feel like I can hold that safe space for you, if you feel like you need to be witnessed through love, I'm here for you. All of my links to book a self-worth coaching session are in the show notes below. If you also feel like you want to book one session and then you feel like you want to join my three-month program, the cost of the one session will be deducted from the three-month coaching program. So I work with you. I'm here with you. I want to do what I can to support you and to be there for you on this journey and whatever I can do, please let me know. My DMs, my email address is always open. So don't be afraid to ask things. Don't be afraid to communicate. <laughs> don't be afraid to let me know what it is that you need. And if it's something that I can provide or something that I can do or something that I can make happen, 
then I will. And if not, then I'll be honest and I'll let you know what I can do, what our options are, right? So um, I truly hope that, you know, this inspires some of you to book a session with me. And if not, then I hope that this podcast episode got you thinking and, and made you feel inspired and made you feel like you do have a way of growing in this area of your life. Um, So with all of that being said, I love you so very much. I hope that you have a great week and a great day or night, whatever time it is for you. I'm sending you love. Happy healing. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me for another episode of Is It Worth It? If you've been enjoying this episode and think it would be helpful for others, please make sure that you rate and review the podcast. It really helps me so, so much in supporting the podcast and helping it reach new audiences. And if you are able to write a review and email me a screenshot at hello at betigrewup.com, you'll be able to receive 10% off of any of my single session services. So that includes single session self-worth coaching and single session tarot readings. All links to my other content, my services are all going to be in the show notes below. Thank you again so, so much. I deeply appreciate your listenership and I hope you have a beautiful day ahead.